Welcome to Dynasty for the Common Man, a Dynasty football podcast hosted by an average Joe Dynasty player wanting to talk with average Joe Dynasty players. My name is Nathaniel Broughton. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathaniel Bro, but don't follow me expecting me to push out a bunch of content or hot takes. I'm on Twitter for, for interaction. So go ahead and shoot me dynasty questions, pose your own game theory strategies, or just brag about a trade that just went down. That's what I love to do on Twitter, interact with other dynasty football fans. So let's get to this week's show. Welcome back to Dynasty for the Common Man. Joined by Adam out in the Boston area, and we're recording on Father's Day night. So uh, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Well, Adam and I both are fathers ourselves. He's got two girls, and I got a boy and a girl. And so uh, I know my kids are in bed now, and hopefully, hopefully you guys are too, Adam. Uh, thanks for joining me tonight. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, how about yourself? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing well. Uh, for you guys, a little context on Adam. Uh, he's, he works as a nurse out on the East Coast, so thanks and for serving this country uh, in a way you didn't know you'd have to for the last couple of months. Uh, and being a father, that's, that's going to be doubly taxing uh, for you. So um, I, I, I couldn't do that job and I can barely do my parenting job. So thanks for doing that for, for us all. Uh, he's also a Dynasty fan like the rest of us. Uh, he's in seven leagues. And how long have you been playing Dynasty, Adam? Uh, Dynasty about, I think I'm going into the sixth year, but I, I've been playing fantasy football, believe it or not, since the uh, mid to late 80s. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm mid to late 90s. 90s. Got it. Yeah. I'm like, you're not that old. No. <laughs> what got you into Dynasty? Um, Dynasty was, was kind of a, a foreign uh, thing to me. I, I really didn't. I had heard about it. Dynasty, Dynasty. It was almost a, an intimidating thing hmm. um, until one of our um, commissioners decided that he wanted to transition over to a dynasty and and once i learned a little bit more about it it, it seemed really uh appealing and and there's nothing worse than when you have a a good team and the following year you have to you know disband that team so i i you know i, I definitely like that aspect uh of it as well as i know we had spoken before uh just a way to keep in touch with uh friends is is really uh really great as well yeah yeah, it's, I think it's more enjoyable that way for sure. I know yep. that I'm in a league, I'm in several leagues with people I don't know, but it's still not the same uh, as when you're doing it with friends. And you you kind of strictly keep it with, with friends as best you can. Yep, they're all, they're all home leagues. Um, um, many of the guys that play in one league may be in another league with me, but uh, we're all, uh, all of us are connected in one way or another through uh, some leagues and we're all uh, friends. We've been, you know, for many 20 plus years yeah well does that mean you get a chance to do live rookie drafts every once in a while or we do we we actually all of our drafts are, are live uh i nice. i think we we may there's only one league uh but everyone else it's a pretty strict uh in-person policy as a matter of fact if you can't make it to the draft for whatever reason you need to assign someone who's not in the league to draft for you huh so you send someone as tribute. That's fun. Exactly. Yep. 
Cool. Uh, so then what, once you got into Dynasty, obviously you've expanded that. What's, <clears throat> what are some of your, what's like one of your favorite things about being a Dynasty owner? Uh, I, I think it's um, uh, almost cultivating a, a team of, of players that I believe in um, and, and maybe someone else may not see the value in that player, but I like to uh, see, you know, if, if a certain backfield is, is going to go one way or another. And I like to think I do quite a bit of research. I know that you've said on other podcasts, you don't necessarily do a lot of film research. I do. Oh, yeah? I, I would. I will take my cues from uh, people that do the analysis and, and then I will go and, and watch the film. I don't strictly go by the numbers, but I, I like to think I have a little bit of an advantage. Uh, that way I do quite a bit of uh, research and, and film when I have a chance. Nice. What a, how do you even get into that? Like, do you have to have subscriptions to like, like certain websites or you know, through it, YouTube? <laughs> No, no, no. They're just, uh, you know, especially with the, the rookies, I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll simply Google, uh, you know, top 20, uh, 2020 NFL rookies, and then I'll kind of go from there. And of course, the, those rookies will jockey for different positions, depending on the landing spot. So it really kicks into gear after the actual NFL draft um, happens. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um. And then, so out in Boston, not a Patriots guy, but a, a 49er fan. Yes. Uh, so the whole other coast. So you got if they're playing, are you watching, you know, Niners games in your East Coast time zone uh, late at night? And, Typically, the, 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 you know, those would be my 4 o'clock or 4.30 games here on the East Coast. Um, and obviously since they've, this past year, they, they did a lot better. I get to watch all the games, but I do subscribe to the, uh, uh, the network. So I, I do okay. get all the games. Uh, but yeah, typically they're a little bit later in the afternoon, obviously that, you know, I'll never see a West coast game in the morning here. Right. Uh, unless of course they were to play in London, but then they're, uh, uh, ahead of me. So, yeah. How did you become a 49ers fan? I, I had never watched football in my entire life. Uh, and when I was in the second grade, my best friend who introduced me to football happened to be a 49ers fan. And at that time, they, they were doing pretty well. So they were on TV a lot. Uh, so that's the only team I really grew up uh, watching. And most yeah. of my friends' uh, fathers were Giants fans, uh, New York Giants, because uh, the Patriots were not very um, big around here until uh, 2001, believe it or not. Right, right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So yeah, just through your good friends. Nice. Uh, so tonight, um, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. It'll be a little a scattershot uh, episode, but um, with so many sports teams trying to kind of get their ducks in a row, not just in football and all over sports uh, and the recent COVID um, breakouts, I just wanted to talk a little bit um, about what you, how you think this will unfold as far as the NFL season, what impacts that might have and what that, how you might as a dynasty fan or participant even adapt to that. And then even in general, thinking about just risky players as people are sick, um, you know, it brings up the idea of what is risk and how do you handle risk uh, that is labeled the players. And there's all different types. And so we'll look at 
a few of those. And then last, we're going to even do a little bit of a um, who's who in the dynasty community uh, seems to be low uh, when you look at ADP or ranking from different websites and uh, break down some positions and uh, highlight a few players that way. So uh, that's where we're heading for tonight. So yeah, we want to talk about COVID first here. Um, with I think there was a report recently that the Phillies, like several players and even you know uh, some of the faculty and trainers and things like that, have been diagnosed. Then uh, it came across uh, headlines that Zeke Ezekiel Elliott has been di uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen, and so I've just seen a lot of uh, yeah discussion on Twitter about. That and some people think that's actually good for him because he won't get it during the season. But it does bring up the idea of like, there's gonna be players that are gonna miss time if they don't get it now. They might get it later, or uh, you know, the whole season could be canceled, or who knows what could all unfold. So, uh, for you, Adam, how are you preparing in light of COVID and and the risk that that brings to the season? So the short answer to that is I'm really nervous about it, to tell you the truth. Um, I know that some there, there were quite a few, uh, more than 20 Clemson uh, players that have tested positive. There was a, a couple of 49ers that were working out in Nashville uh, that had also tested positive. Um, I, I'm a big sports fan, but football heads and tails above everything. And uh, that certainly uh, after everything that's happened, if the season were to be canceled, I would, uh, it'd be very disappointing to say the least. Uh, with that being said, I do know that uh, there were reports initially and Roger Goodell said he would do everything within his power, including um, using some of the college stadiums in Hawaii and reconfiguring. I don't know how realistic all of that is um, maybe worst case scenario, they delay the season. Uh, there's enough warm weather and or stadiums where maybe by November or even late October, they could start that way. Um, but I'm not to this day overly optimistic that everything is going to go off uh, as planned right now. I did reach out to my commissioner, uh, a few of them. One did get back to me because I was curious about if the season were to be canceled, what are we going to do about these rookie picks? What are we going to do about the draft order? Is it just carry on into next year? Uh, he said that we would have to vote on it, but his initial thought was that we would keep all of our draft positions. And I said, well, are these rookies this year going to be coupled with the rookies from 2021? And he also felt that that would be the case. But again, I'm really not sure. It's uncharted uh, waters that we're swimming in right now. Yeah. Ah, I was hoping for a more uh, positive outlook from you, Adam, because I, 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 I'm trying to like think, oh, it's going to be fine. Like, oh, it'll be okay. With somehow. And I got I'm a, my one home league I got uh, that I commissioned. I just received a message from one of our uh, owners yesterday. What happens if the season's canceled? And I'm like, I have been not researching solutions yet because I didn't want to didn't want to face that reality. Uh, if you're out there listening and uh, facing similar, you know, doubts and worries, the Commission Impossible podcast by Ryan McDowell and Scott Fish, uh, they talk just about all this kind of stuff that is, you know, commissioner specific. 
And I know that they have done a, a podcast uh, about maybe four or five weeks ago about this, but they might, you know, continue to talk about it down the road. Uh, and so I need to go back and listen to that one and get some wisdom from them and see how they're handling it. Cause they, they commission like leagues that they're not even at, you know, they're just, it's part of their job almost. I was uh, talking to uh, an owner from one of the leagues that I'm in and I said, even more curious than outside of fantasy, what does it mean for the real NFL draft? Because I mean, trades have already happened as far as having people, uh, teams having picks in 2021, but what does it actually mean? Like, do the Bengals get the number one overall pick again if the season were to be – so I, I don't – I mean, right. it's very curious. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully and we I've don't been, get to that point. Yeah, well, I've been nervous about, like, um, what happens if the uh, seniors that are in college right now who kind of project that maybe the – the senior season that they uh, decided to go back to college for isn't going to happen. Right. They try to quick jump into the dispersal draft that's coming up here in early July. But what I've read uh, from CBS Sports was that I don't think the NFL is even going to allow that type of admittance because I think there's special special guidelines for who gets allowed into the dispersal draft and not. So um, that's kind of been something I've been curious about is what if you're a senior who is eligible but you know passed on the draft so it's all it's yeah it's a brave new world out there for sure um to say I need fantasy in my life right so knock on wood it, it's gonna go down especially in November and December and January oh god yep. yep we're out here in the cold weather states over in Massachusetts and Minnesota so could use that all right, well, uh, I want to talk about just how you handle risk in general general with players. There's people who, you know, think that there's a thing called in being injury prone. Um, so that label gets thrown around. Then there's guys that have character concerns. And so um, we'll, we'll kind of dismiss the idea of the holdout because it's all speculation. And uh, with Dalvin Cook and, and Mixon that are kind of mentioned that they might be holding out. And that seems to be more and more the pattern for these higher end running backs, but um, we're not agents and we're not the front office. So we don't have insider information, but what, what if you've got uh, a guy like Kyler Murray on your, on your team? Um, well, how are you? Uh, he's obviously very productive. He's got the, the rushing floor uh, to help him kind of get his legs underneath him. So to speak in the league, no pun intended. And and, and the potential to grow as a passer, yet his stature makes him at risk as a runner uh, versus like a Josh Allen who's bigger, who runs. Like, do you, you view the, those types of players differently and same with Lamar because you have RG3 situations where he just came out and set the world on fire his rookie year, uh, but was, you know, gone after three years pretty much. Yeah, he was a very brittle um... – NFL player. And again, I, I don't hold injuries against anyone because obviously they're, they're not trying to get injured. Um, as far as injury prone players, I think it, it's more of, uh, you know, if you break a bone, I, I consider that to be more of a fluke, but there are players that have histories of soft tissue injuries and that those seem to pop up a lot. And um, certainly older players that may not have necessarily been injury prone in the past, uh, are going to little injuries are going to pop up here and there. And as far as it's funny, you mentioned uh, Kyla Murray, because 
I've heard and read a lot that some people believe that these baseball players that became quarterbacks are less injury prone or less likely to get injured because they know how to hit the ground. They know how to slide. Um, obviously Mahomes did have that injury at the goal line, but I, I just think that someone like maybe a Lamar Jackson is more likely or Josh Allen to really take a, a shot. Whereas some of the other, you know, Russell Wilson or, or Kyler, Patrick Mahomes, uh, they do know how to slide. And I know it may sound silly, but it, it is a, a part of the game that, that can kind of keep them upright, so to speak. Right. Cause you've seen, we've all seen quarterbacks that slide awkwardly and then they come up gimpy mm-hmm. you know and so yeah. uh, sliding appropriately without your uh, cleats digging in and hurting your ankle or you're turning your knee can can matter for sure absolutely yeah uh so what about um how do you react to news like with Debo getting injured out and and you know as a 49er fan is that a I, I was pretty high on Debo this offseason and so I'm looking at this as an opportunity I want to buy him um, but really don't know when I'll be able to put him in my starting lineup, but I would imagine by midseason it's all fine. But uh, I've also been a buyer of Darius Geis and Evan Ingram, and that's not exactly helped me out in the last, you know, season or season and a half. So uh, you're definitely you those kind of players. You're definitely braver than I am. Um, it, it's really tough. I, I do – I try to avoid players that are off the field or – uh, 50-50 on and off the field, especially the young players who, who have a tough time, even like Ingram. That, that's I mean, the talent level, guys, it's, it's through the roof. But the problem is, can you are they reliable? Can you count on them? And, and I think the answer for those two cases is no. Uh, Debo, again, that, that was a, a bone uh, break that he had in his foot. Uh, I'm as sad as anyone to see that happen, yeah. especially for him. But, yeah, the, the guys and the Ingram, and, and it's – I, again, you're braver than me because I have a difficult time drafting those players where they would fall to me. Certainly everyone has a, a, an ADP that you'd be comfortable drafting anyone in, but right. uh, just too rich for me sometimes. People are buying that potential upside, but I, I think it, it's just – I wouldn't sleep well at night. So if they're on your team and then, you know, the, that kind of pattern starts to emerge – are you jumping ship before it becomes a pattern or are you holding it on and just having to grin and bear it? Sure. Let's say, you know, for instance, uh, Evan Ingram were to fall to me to a spot that I'm, I'm comfortable with drafting him based on just his upside solely. If he has two or three good games, you can uh, bet your bottom dollar. I'm trying to move that guy uh, okay. as soon as possible because I, I would feel that an injury is somewhere around the corner. Okay. Uh, so how about uh, character concern, guys? Uh, Kareem Hunt got hit with a pretty big suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyreek has been in and out of speculation for things. Uh, Mixon came into the league, you know, uh, getting dropped in the NFL draft because of uh, off-the-field stuff. Uh, are those people you just straight-up avoid, or do you wait a year, and if they stayed out of – trouble then they come back on your radar or how do you approach those guys um actually it's funny because those particular guys some of them not all of them uh depending on on what the circumstance was surrounding it i'll actually draft those guys because i know they're coming at at a reduced uh adp um and they're 
talented player, um, I know they're going to be back in, in week four or week eight or whatever the case may be, and the talent is going to be there. Now, there are other guys like Antonio Brown, where he didn't have a history of any off-field issues, but it seems like, you know, those things are piling up at a rapid rate. Um, Tyreek Hill, he, that's a tough one only because he had a history and he's had more than one incident of questionable off-field stuff. Uh, Mixon, I mean, he's been pretty, uh, you know, you, you don't really hear much about him. Uh, yeah. So he's a guy I wouldn't be afraid to draft. Uh, Kareem Hunt, again, I actually drafted him uh, knowing that he was facing or he, he was going to have that eight game, but that was fine because I knew that the, the talent is there and he was coming back. And he was young, um, especially if a player starts doing stuff when they get older. Now you question, uh, is it just them being a, an immature young player? Or now it's like, well, that's just kind of the path they're going down. Okay, yeah. I think that it's, it's level-headed for sure. Um, okay, well, I just got a trade offer uh, in my nice. home league. I want to hear your thoughts on so. Uh, Jake Melsna was on, uh, maybe four or five episodes ago now, and he decided he wanted to, uh, after making the championship game, uh, and I think he won it the year before or two years before, he's been in the mix to win it every year for the past four years. He decided he, he wanted to create, uh, even though his win window is actually still open, he wanted to just revamp. He got bored. <laughs> and so he's tearing down his team, and he has Michael Thomas, and he has Julio Jones. And so uh, him and I were throwing some offers back and forth the other day. Let's see if I can pull up. Um, so I have uh, DJ Moore, Stefan Diggs. So I have the 105 this year as well. I also have the 102 this year. Nice. And, and I have um, – I also have Miles Sanders. So I sent him three different options uh, for Julio and Michael Thomas. Those are the two he wants to, he wants to send both of them away because he's not getting enough value for Michael Thomas, and he's not getting the near value he should for Julio, so he's kind of sending them as a package deal now. I hope you're um, sending a lot. Yeah, well, so the three I, options were I would send DJ Moore, Stefan Diggs, the 105, and a future first. <clears throat> this is non-super flex half PPR. Um, or I would send DJ Moore, Stefan Diggs, and the 102. Uh, or I would send... DJ Moore, Diggs, Sanders, and a future first. So which one did he uh, accept? Well, he wants the third option. Really? DJ Moore, I'm, I'm... Diggs, Miles Sanders, and a future first. I think uh, that that third one works out best for you. Um, I, I do. I like Sanders. Obviously, the, the, the key that, you know, DJ Moore um, – I'm sorry, DJ Moore, and who, who's, who's the other? Oh, Diggs. So DJ Moore and Diggs are, are the common denominator there. And, and yeah. I, as much as I love Emmanuel Sanders, he's the number two receiver. Drew Brees led offense. Typically, they, you know. Uh, oh, sorry, Miles Sanders. Oh, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, not oh, Emmanuel Sanders. Well, that, that changes things right? quite a bit. Yeah. Um, oof. That's, it, it all depends on your roster construction. Do you, are, are you heavy at running back? I, uh, I have, yeah, I have been in. I have uh, Kamara, Mixon, and then um, with if I would draft at 102 and 105, and those would be probably running backs oh. on my team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, I 
And I, here's my thing. As you mentioned, one of the I love about being in Dynasty is that you get to target players that you personally are higher on, right? Yeah, that's, and, no, that's, again, that's great, yeah. And DJ Moore and Miles Sanders are my guys in this league. And so I'm basically, I'm making, maybe making a profit, depending on your point of view. Uh, when you type in a dicey calculator, I actually lose on that one pretty heavily. You're, you're right. So the problem is, is again, in Dynasty, you want to win every year, obviously. Right. So, so it's, yeah, you, you maybe have Julio Jones for another year or two. Knock on wood, he stays healthy. Obviously, Michael Thomas is, he's not the youngest player in the world, but he's, he's still got a, quite a few good years left in him. Number one receiver, obviously. So it's, you, you're, I think you make your team a lot better this year. Are, are you better off next year or the following year? But again, you, you're still going to be pretty thick at running back, especially if you take one yeah. uh, in this year's draft. So I think your team's better overall. How lo- how much longer is it better overall for? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm – there's that, that. That's definitely a part I am comfortable with. My But my heart is tied to DJ Moore and Miles Sanders. So it's like, I'm selling my children. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. I love you guys. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sending you to a, to a different place, but I still love you. Yep. I'm still like a big fan of you. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm not sure what to do. I was afraid that that would be the one he'd pick. Um, but uh, I'm not sure what I'll do. So. If I were you, I would do it only because that first round, the future first round you're giving up, you never know. You could be getting that back somewhere. Yeah. So even though it's not on your books right now, it could be coming back to you in some form at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thanks for helping me think through that. I actually appreciate that you'd still would do it because I think there's a large contingent. If I put that on a Twitter poll, I would get just killed. Um, so I think, well, here's the two things. I think Miles Sanders and DJ Moore are really, really good. But, the, but the, there's still a ceiling that people are putting on top of what they are, I think, that I'm not exactly confident in, whether it's because of situation or talent or a mixture of both. Um, for Sanders, I think it's situation. And DJ Moore, I think it's um, situation. And that I think he's got talented other guys around him. Christian McCaffrey is good. I like Curtis Sane meals more than most people. Uh, when there was a couple of years ago and maybe for the last two years, the DJ Moore versus Curtis Samuels debate, I feel like yes. raged. And this year it's like the conversation's done, except uh, I was pro DJ Moore in those debates, but to, I don't think Curtis Samuel got a fair shake when Cam went down and he was a deep ball thrower and they didn't have a deep ball thrower to throw to. So Curtis Samuels never stunk last year. And they're like, oh, that proves that he's not good and DJ Moore is. I'm like, well, I agree that DJ Moore is better, but I don't think Curtis Samuel got a fair shake either. So uh, I don't know. That's a long rambling thing. I'm sorry. I like, <laughs> I like Miles Sanders a lot. I did uh, actually, I was telling one of my league mates, um, he had the number one overall pick and he's like, Josh Jacobs. I said, listen, Miles Sanders, is going to be the better long-term guy. Josh Jacobs will be the better rookie um, yeah. in 19. But for overall, I said, my, you know, my money's on Sanders. Just watch the film again. You know, watch the film. The kid is he's yeah. pretty dynamic. And if you if you were to prorate, you know, what he did before he got, you know, the keys to the car, which he has now, I, right. I think his his he's going to be a top 
you know, top 10 running back. If he can stay healthy, I think the Eagles, uh, what he did last year without having any other deep threats other than some tight ends, um, they, they can't stack the box against him. I, I think he's going to be very good. Yeah. With that being said, I would still make the trade. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. But thanks for that. I, I, I think I need a little bit of that encouragement because I don't want to back out on this deal with this guy, but I also, I, I like to hesitate. Honestly. Okay. Uh, well, let's get to some uh, players that you, when you're looking at industry websites uh, that you think are undervalued. Um, and we're going to start at, uh, we'll start at the running back position since we're already talking about uh, Miles Sanders. Um, so uh, we each picked three players. Uh, you probably have a lot more um, to back up. Mine's more gut. So uh, feel free to break down as deep as you want. Um, so who are three running backs that you, you feel like uh, need to get more attention, more love? So th there's a lot more gut than um... – I wouldn't say it's a lot more, but there's definitely some gut in there too. So my <laughs> okay. running back who I think um, is, is being even not necessarily underdrafted, just undervalued. I, I think some of their ADPs are okay, but I would reach for some of these guys. First one is Matt Breida. Um, I do have some bias or maybe I, I've just seen a lot more of Matt Breida and what he's capable of. I know he's arguably uh, one of the fastest players in the NFL, uh, I think in the Dolphins' new offense, that there's a lot more weapons than they've ever had before. Uh, certainly, he's still not going to be the primary lead back, but he's definitely going to be a change of pace back. I think he's going to be very efficient. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he had 600 uh, you know, rushing yards, uh, 120 receiving yards, two touchdowns, and that was in a, in a four-man backfield. And I think he was probably third in the pecking order there. And I, I believe he had some injury. He may have missed, a, I think, a game or two, if my memory is, is, is good. But I just think he is going to end up being, uh, you know, a seven to 800-yard rusher with another three or four hundred receiving and the potential for overall double digits and touchdowns. Where is he, like, where are some other guys are, are coming off the board or in drafts or whatnot? So he's ranked 42 at his position, um, which would make him, what, like, a, that's not even a, a, a low-end number three running back. I don't know. But surprisingly enough, his ADP is right around where he's ranked. Huh. Um, the, the strength of schedule is not great. Um, fifth overall against the run that they're going to be facing this year. But I just – he is such a dynamic back. And, and if people haven't seen Matt Breida play, I, I encourage you to watch anything you want on him. He's, he's the kind of guy he can get the ball out of the backfield, whether it's a pass or a run, and he is just gone. He turns the corner and he's gone. But to answer your question, I don't know who's going around that, that uh, 42. His overall ADP is 98. Uh, okay. but like I said, his actual rank for his position in Dynasty is, is uh, 42. Okay. Overall running back rank. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was looking up some uh, facts about him on uh, – so from DynastyLeagueFootball.com, uh, his super flex ADP, which will push him down a little bit further, is 130. Uh, and um, he's 25, so he's – yeah, he's young. 
uh, still young. Uh, and I mean, I see, I see some people touting Jordan and Howard, but um, I think both of them could, could do well there, I suppose. That's not bad. I like, I, I like Howard. It's just, he, you know, his, his receiving. Uh, right. Not the best receiver in the world. And again, Brita is a guy. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside, and, and he's a really good receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Who do we got for number two? On uh, number two, I, I have a – I don't know what, what all the Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, the love is, is really, I think, gone off the charts. So, Damian Williams, I, you know, he, he's not going anywhere. Uh, he has a really good grasp of the offense. Yep. He's, a, he's a big back. I, I realize he's 28 years old. For fantasy purposes, that is not the most appealing age in the world. Uh, but he is uh, – he himself is dynamic. If you watch the playoffs, you, you saw what he's capable of. And at 28, he still does have quite a bit of tread left on the tires because sure. he wasn't a primary back in Miami. Yeah. Um, I know he does have a little bit of uh, health concerns, but he's not the kind of guy where, you know, he, he's been hurt and misses like half a season. Yeah. He's, he's been dinged up and he'll miss, you know, two or three games, but that's not going to kill your uh, fantasy year especially when you consider where he's going. You know, yeah. he's, he's number 50 running back overall. Uh, that's his rank in Dynasty. Uh, his ADP is 88 um, overall, and, and he's the 39th running back ADP in Dynasty. And I, and I just think that's, that's crazy. It, we're just assuming that he's going to disappear off the face of the earth, and especially with COVID, if there is a delay with the rookies, which there already has been, I, right. I don't see how Edwards Alaire, and I know he did great things in college, but I, I don't see him as a guy who's going to run between the tackles or, or be very effective doing it. Okay. So, yeah, you're going pretty deep. Um, I actually think that, yeah, I, I do believe that Damian Williams won't just disappear. There is um, a track record. With Andy Reid of of having a main running or main running back, but yep. um, but he also you know he already he already has trust in Damian Williams to know the offense and uh, to protect his quarterback if need be and uh, absolutely yeah. so those things matter for sure. And and I will say this real quickly: there are actually some handcuff rookie running backs that are being drafted before Damian Williams. Oh yeah, who 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 are some people you would take? Uh, uh, Darrington Evans, Evans was, was a, a name I saw. Uh, his ADP uh, was higher than his. But, I, again, I, I just – I don't see it. And if you watch, again, the playoffs and the Super Bowl, just watch him, period. Uh, he's, he's really good at football. I'll, I'll just say that. So, I yeah. don't think he, his job is, is in jeopardy like people think it is. Uh, again, they're drafting Edward Solaire as if – he's taking over and Damian Williams won't touch the ball unless he's off the field. So, yeah. So if you had the rookie one-on-one, um, Jonathan Taylor, you're taking Taylor. Okay. I was really happy too, with that landing spot. I mean, to be running behind one of the better offensive lines in all of football, I get Marlon Mack is there. Um, and I think it's going to take a little bit of, you know, a little while for Taylor to grab that job, but, I, I don't think it's going to be more, more of a Miles Sanders type thing, and, and I don't think it may even be that long. Okay. Uh, running, again, running behind that line, it's, it really is a, a match made in heaven for him. 
Nice. Uh, well, who's your third? Uh, maybe not the most popular name in the world, but uh, Jalen Samuels. Um, oh. I know they, they drafted Anthony McFallen. Again, I, I wasn't too impressed with – I mean, his, his highlights look great. His tape looks okay. But his numbers aren't anything spectacular. Uh, Jalen Samuels was – and I, the name of his college uh, escapes me right now. But I know that he played tight end. He played quarterback. He played receiver. played running back. He really is a, a multi-tool. And they drafted him for a reason. And I, I don't know if James Conner is going to be back next year. Or if he's he's an injury prone guy, I, I hate to say it, he does. His injuries are starting to pile up on him. He's missing uh, time, and I just think that Jalen Samuels has a great grasp of the offense. He knows how to protect Big Ben in, in pass protection, and uh, I, I don't think that there's anyone um, that's dynamic the way he is as a receiver, run block, um, pass blocker. And, and just running out of the backfield. So, again, I, I just think his number 69 is his rank. Uh, ADP is 215, and he's going off the board as the 74th uh, running back. He has a good strength of schedule, too, at 24, but it is a murky backfield. We'll, we'll have to see. But if, if he's there in, in, you know, round pretty much, he's on, you know, get him in the, the 20th round or beyond. Right, uh, yeah. He's someone, you know, you, you definitely grab that could end up uh, turning your fantasy season around. Yeah, he's a bigger guy, too. Uh, I think you think, oh, he's a pass-catching guy, but he's 5'11", 225. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, a, uh, he's, he's a thick, thick back. Yeah, he's, uh, he went for NC State. Um, NC State, yep. He's, yeah, he's about to – oh, he's about to turn uh, 24 in about a month. Um, but, yeah, so he's young. I do I, – I was actually pretty – uh, confused by that uh, McFarland pick by Pittsburgh because I thought like uh, Benny Snell and Jalen Samuel can tell the rock. Um, and I like and I do like Benny Snell. I just don't think that he has the the pass catching right ability. Yeah, yeah. It felt like they had all the pieces they needed for a solid RB core. And either you go like really and invest in the running back position, um, or you're just adding for depth. And it just seems like they just. Added for depth, and people are acting like it really is significant. But I do have a, a quick honorable mention. I won't go into any stats or anything, but um, David Montgomery, Chicago Bears, I, I don't understand how. I, I know he's rising up a little bit, but I just don't understand how people don't think he's going to be a 1,000-plus yard rusher, double-digit touchdowns. He has no competition uh, in, in the backfield other than Tariq Cohen, and he just plays a, a different role. So I think um, – yeah, David Montgomery is one that that's also being a, a little bit uh, underdrafted for his potential. Okay, uh, for me, I I went with um, two pass catching backs that I think also can, uh, if given the opportunity, if injury happens, can hold their own uh, for three downs as well. Uh, in Tony Pollard and Tariq Cohen. Uh, they're guys that will already help your roster if there isn't an injury, uh, yeah. assuming PPR here, obviously. Yep. Um, so they're already uh, a contributor. And if uh, Zeke goes down, Tariq Pollard is totally trustworthy. And, and I believe the same as a Bear fan. I think Tariq Cohen actually probably – the offense probably would run better if, uh, if he was – more focused of the offense and they've split him out in the past and he's run routes and he's great at it. And, 
Um, so both of those guys, I think they're, they're valuable where they're at and they become a great trade piece if an injury happens and you can get a lot more for them. And or you can we, just ride them, you know. You also have to consider that the Bears still have a very good defense and they have a new quarterback, which means hopefully – uh, for your sake, they will be ahead in you know positive game script, and they may be grinding out the ball more. Yeah, yep. Uh, and then the last one for me is uh, Damian Harris. Uh, I liked him in college. He reminded me actually of Mark Ingram in that he was just uh, solid. Uh, he's stout uh, and just undervalued <laughs> by by everyone but his team in Alabama. Like they yeah. gave him the lion's share. And everyone else thought, you know, unjustified uh, that, that that was the case, but not Nick Saban. So uh, I, was, I was expecting that he would be more uh, in his rookie year, like given more of a shot by Belichick. I thought he was already done with Sony. Um, but he, he didn't really get as much of a, a look. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that's uh, unexpected when you think of uh, Belichick and the way he looked, you know, looks at rookies. Um, and so, uh, with their, you know, quarterback issues, their wide receivers, they don't have a standout offensive weapon really. And so I kind of would just take, um, maybe the cheapest slash youngest of the, of the running back core. I think Rex Burkhead is still maybe a value for this year. Um, but I think Damian Harris could be valued this year and, um, could find a, find a, just a solid career a la a Jordan Howard uh in the nfl so i will say that um as someone who watches a lot of patriots football for many years the the belichick backfield unless you have that one guy is a scary place to own players uh when he finds that guy he usually rides them quite often we do know that sony michelle uh didn't have the greatest year ever uh he's not very dynamic he doesn't break tackles he just had surgery um, I don't know why Harris didn't play last year. He, I think he got maybe four carries the whole year. I'm not yeah. even sure. And, and he, I think he's the better back and, and I would like to see him uh, take that job. They do have a good, uh, defense, so they should be, well, I don't want to say positive game script, but <laughs> I know how Belichick operates. They're going to be in every game. He, he loves to run, but yeah, right. They'll be in every game and he loves to run the ball. So, yeah. And the people he's around, there's some young guys and then there's some older guys. He's around Emmanuel Sanders, Sammy Watkins uh, era, and he's also around, you know, Anthony Miller, Paris Campbell, uh, John Brown type of players. So he's – you can either – and that's part of the draft, get like a known quantity like a John Brown, uh, whose trade value is never going to increase um, no matter how good he does. Uh, or you could take a shot with a guy like Anthony Miller or Damon Harris. I feel like that really just depends on if you went wide receiver heavy and you want to go fill in your zero RB strategy with the Damon Harris, or if you're you want, you loaded up on running backs and Damon Harris is never going to see the light of day on your starting lineup, then maybe then you look at the young wide receiver like a Paris Campbell or Anthony Miller. So that kind of the, the upside. The upside is certainly there because if you get your hands on the Bill Belichick running back, you've you've You've, you've stepped in it, so to speak. So you're, you're, you, you, that's a good upside guy to if you can get him. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go to um, wide receiver. Who are some who are three guys you want to throw some love at? 
Okay. Uh, the first one, I hope everyone, I've seen him rise up, rise up, rise up. Uh, I personally own him in, in a, a league or two. Uh, DK Metcalf, uh, the initial reports coming out were that he was uh, a one-trick pony. Uh, fortunately, that one trick he does very, very well. Um, and that's to be a very large physical receiver with some pretty elite speed. And uh, I, I really think that the sky's the limit for him. I, I don't see why he wouldn't, maybe not this year, but going forward, why he wouldn't finish as a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Uh, for one thing, Seattle's defense is not what it used to be. They're going to be playing from behind more. Uh, the, the NFC West, uh, the offenses have improved. So they're going to be playing six games against improved offenses. Uh, Russell Wilson is as efficient uh, as, as they come. And, and I think that he, after watching DK's rookie year a couple times, just the highlights of it, he, toward the second half of the year, was trusting him with tight throws. And, and I'm like, you know, he, it's, he's definitely his guy. Uh, he is now. He'll, he'll throw the ball up there and in, in anywhere because he knows he's going to go up and get it. Right now he's ranked 13th. I, I don't see why he can't finish better than that. His ADP is 54th overall. Um, and 16th overall. Uh, so he's actually being drafted below his his rank. And the strength of schedule for receivers is 19 for Seattle. I just read uh, an article about four or five, <clears throat> it was written four or five days ago by a guy named Jordan Richards at DLF. Uh, you can I, I read that as well, yeah. Okay, uh, he's on Twitter at Chaboy J. Rich. I think it's a fun Twitter name to say. Um, and he was he was agreeing with you that he, he would put him in the buy high category because he expects him to go higher. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, am a little more leery. I use it as a sell opportunity with my DK Metcalf uh, teams um, just to get a safer floor. Uh, and so, uh, but I, I actually, I'm still a believer that he could, he could be just incredible uh, and, and it isn't a one trick pony. So uh, I hope I actually kind of, I, I kind of want him to succeed. I can, I can take a, a, a minor L and be happy with the trade I made at the time I made it and still cheer for him. So um, I, I think I'd, I'd be curious to see even owners of him, if they're in this position of like, I've already made a money, so I'm willing to cash out. Or if they're holding tightly because they they believe that there's even greater uh, to come. So yeah, have you tried to trade or acquire him in any of your leagues? Um, I had someone offer me a trade, which was very tempting because Lamar Jackson was part of it. Okay. But I, I I don't see I have trouble getting rid of DK, and maybe sometimes I, I fall in love with these players. Um, I, I don't see him any any falling any shy of, um, you know, Julio Jones in the next uh, three or four years, that type of uh, alpha receiver. So I'm really, it would, the, the price, I, they'd have to give me a lot. Okay. You're not worried about the low offensive uh, passing output because you think they're going to be having to put up points more? Is that yeah, I do. I, I think I think that they're they're going to have to uh, throw the ball more, and uh, it's scary to think if Russell Wilson throws more because you know we know he's already efficient with the, yeah. the low passing uh, attempts that he already has. Yeah, yeah. If if that happens, I think you you're reading it correctly. I kind of 
I kind of think that um, what's the coach over there, Pete Carroll. I think he's yeah. he's going to run the ball a lot in the first half and and then give it to. I it's like you really should give it to Russell Wilson, put it in his hands more often. But uh, and I love Chris they, Carter. I love. I, I'm sorry, Chris Carter. Um, Chris Carson. I, I love him, but. He's he's banged up. Rashard Penny's banged up. DJ Dallas, I know Carlos Ha. It, it's not, it's not. It's a run heavy. In the past, it's been a run heavy offense, but the backs breaking down, um, and and like I said, the, the the defense not being as good. I just I don't see how they're not going to be passing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Who's your second? Uh, second one is is probably a pretty obvious one to everyone. Uh, recency biased. It's Juju. Um, you know, we all know what happened last year. He had like, you know, 42 receptions, 552 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he was hurt, missed, I think, three games. His quarterback, uh, he lost in week one. It was just a, an abysmal year overall for, you know, a guy in 2017, his rookie year had seven touchdowns, 900 receiving yards. His sophomore year, uh, you know, he had uh, 1,400 yards and another seven touchdowns. I don't see how he doesn't finish as a – would you be surprised if at the end of the year they said Juju finished as a top three receiver? I, I don't know that anyone would say that they'd be completely shocked. Right now he's ranked as the seventh in Dynasty. Uh, his ADP is actually the 14th receiver off the board. I don't see any way that he finishes this year as long as Big Ben is healthy as anything less than a number 12 receiver, and he's being drafted as the 14th receiver. Strength of schedule is middle of the road. Uh, they're, they're 13th against uh, facing the, the for, for the receivers. So. Okay. Uh, and who is your number three? Um, Michael Gallup. Again, uh, you know, they, they draft a rookie. I don't understand the pick. Yeah. He's great. Um, Michael Gallup was only an 1,100-yard receiver last year with six touchdowns. Um, <laughs> I, I and and when you watch him play, he's he's a pretty dynamic receiver. I think that he could be anyone's number two, or even if he had to, be the number one on someone's uh, yeah real life like, NFL team. He looks like he could be an alpha. Yeah, so I, I don't understand uh, just because they drafted C.D. Lamb why uh, Gallup would just completely disappear. I know that the distribution is going to be a little shaken up, but that's who's to say that he's just not going to be more efficient with his uh, targets right now. Uh, 33rd ranked uh, receiver. Uh, he's being drafted slightly ahead of that at 31 in Dynasty Leagues, 68 overall. But I, I think he's has the potential to finish as a top 15, top 20 receiver. And that rank at 33, I, I think, is, is ridiculous. And they, they have a pretty easy schedule, 30th overall for, for receivers on Dallas. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I was excited about – CeeDee Lamb, but yeah, it's all with the, the COVID era rookie wide receivers. They, he's not a finished project. Seems like Michael Gallup really kind of is. Yeah. Uh, and he's got chemistry with Dak. That, that offense is humming. Uh, I don't expect CD to, to, at least this year, make much of a, a you know, productive dent in, in what, uh, what Gallup can output for us. So that's a good pick. We might have to. Target him maybe in some of my redraft leagues. I don't have enough on any of my dynasties. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm just going to go a little fast on, on my uh, wider series. I went um, Jarvis Landry. I was shocked uh, to find that Jarvis Landry is still like young. 
Uh, I, I had it here just a second ago. I feel like he's been in the league forever, but that's just because he broke out his rookie year. Um, he's 27 years old. I would have thought he must be like 29. So he's actually entering into the prime of his productive years. Uh, he's already looked at Baker. Uh, Baker looks his way more than he did OBJ. Um, he's all he does is, is produce in PPR. It doesn't matter if it's you know eight yards or, or twelve yards. Uh, it matters if it's twenty yards, but eight to twelve yards, it's pretty much the same uh, when you boil down the points. And so Landry just gets peppered with those targets. He's safe. You can get him. Uh, what is this? Uh, this is in a super flex uh, ADP as um, in the in the early nineties. Uh, around uh, uh, Darius Geis and Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, Christian Kirk. I mean, I would take uh, Landry. I would go heavy at running back if I was doing a startup right now. And he's, and I can get him late and know that I have my wide receiver too <clears throat> and not have to worry about it, you know? Uh, whereas Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett, Evan Ingram, Devontae Parker is being drafted ahead of him. James Conner is being drafted ahead of him. Um, Le'Veon Bell is being drafted ahead of him. I don't want any of those guys more than I want Travis Landry. So. I agree. I almost uh, – he was someone I was debating. Uh, the only problem, and it's not a big problem, but he's, he's just too steady. He's <laughs> boring. You know, you know, which is good. You know, you know what you're going to get from him, but – he's not going to be a guy that's going to pop off for 1,400 yards and, and 12 touchdowns. I, I think that's the issue. But th th there is something to be said about having those safe players that you can count on that production pretty much week in, week out. And, and uh, when we get to my quarterbacks, we'll talk more about, you know, the Browns offense and, and why I really think that it's going to be more efficient. A lot of that has to do with the uh, offensive line that they didn't have last year. But yeah. we will stay. Uh, so my next two are just uh, – I already mentioned Curtis Samuel. He was, he was my other – one of my other ones. Uh, just I think that he's, he's electric. He's an incredible athlete. Uh, I think that the – that he just kind of didn't have the opportunity, whether it was from the offensive coaching staff or the, the, the injured quarterback. Um, and I think that um, – I think that three players can exist, E.J. Moore – uh, Curtis Samuel and obviously Christian McCaffrey with no real tight end um, in sight that is proven at least um, people kind of like Ian Thomas I think that's the tight end there um, it just seems like he could totally uh, have a decent season and be a, a wide receiver three he's probably not going to be a wide receiver two but um, he's going to be I, I think a, a pretty decent pick it, and he's pretty late uh, you're, not, then, you're, not, you're not afraid of Robbie Anderson? No, no. I've had Robbie Anderson on my team so many times. That yeah, that I, was I'm well familiar with how unpredictable he is. That was more of a joke, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but speaking of a, a long speed kind of guy, um, Brandon Cooks goes, uh, I'm glad he got out of the Rams. I think a change of scenery is good for him. He was just he was just a, a good wide receiver full of good wide receivers and a balanced offense. And so he, I mean, his first year there, he, he, he broke, he broke, a, he broke a thousand. His pace is slowed down. Obviously with concussions that makes people wary of him, but the ADP reflects that 
And so uh, if, uh, if you look at the way like Jordan, people handled Jordan Reed once he kind of got labeled as like a guy who's just going to rack up concussions. And we all thought like he might retire at any time. I feel like it was five years later that he actually <laughs> retired. Uh, and so I, I think that if Brandon Cooks um, stays healthy, he's going to put up a thousand yards again. Uh, he's yeah, and another guy. Another guy, I, I agree with, like you said, if, if he stays healthy, he's a, a solid number two receiver, and he's probably being drafted as a, as a third or fourth, uh, maybe not fourth, but third receiver at this point. So you, you win yeah. if, if, you, if you get him there. Yeah, he's only 26. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, maybe he will get a slow start because it is to a new team, new offense. But um, since no one's buying him anyways, I, and I have him on several of my teams, I'm just going to hold him and expect that maybe by week eight, week nine, he starts to come on. So uh, let's go to – we're going to not do tight ends for the sake of the length of this uh, – of our time together. But um, sure. let's, let's run through quarterbacks. All right, real quick, um, Daniel Jones. Th- this is more of a, a gut thing, I guess, than maybe it is a numbers thing because I – he was a free agent. Um, I, I was, was curious to see some of these quarterbacks. He only played in, in 13 games last year. Uh, just over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns. Obviously, the huge stain on him is his 11 fumbles. Uh, being a rookie, I don't really – obviously, that number is going to improve greatly uh, this year. And if you get a chance to watch Daniel Jones, man, I've, I've never seen or, or it's been a while since I've seen a quarterback with he's he's got some gusto, to say the least. He will put the ball in anywhere and he will literally put it exactly where he wants it. 30, 40 yards down the field. I, I've, again, it's it's rare to see a quarterback that's that's as accurate as he is. He can run. Uh, he, I think he ran a four, eight at the combine, he's six, five, two twenty. They just improved their offensive line. Their defense is garbage. Um, <laughs> they're definitely going to be passing a lot. And you know, he never had all of his starters on the field at the same time. Right. So the potential for having the weapons that he does. And, and, and I just think, you know, the sky's the limit for him. He's being drafted as quarterback 15, Strength of schedule is okay at, at 13th uh, overall. But I think this year and beyond, he's going to be finishing as, as a, a top 10 quarterback. So who um, – <clears throat> I'm just looking at uh, in the Superflex ADP. Um, who are you going to be putting him over? Are you, are you taking him over Joe Burrow yes. and Baker Mayfield? Uh, yes, yep, both of them. I think his long-term outlook, his his talent is is through the roof, in my opinion. Are you taking him over Josh Allen? You know, it's crazy because I have a decision to make this year. Uh, uh, those are my two quarterbacks, and I have to, or I'd rather keep one of them. And um, you know, I'm I'm trying to trade Allen uh, because I I think I can get a lot for him. But and I'm I I might be rolling with Daniel Jones, and, and my fear is that we get to the preseason and he lights it up. And some of my league mates are going to draft him uh, before I can get him. And, and I would just be crushed by that. Because like yeah. I said, I believe in his long-term uh, outlook quite a bit. What about, are you taking him over Carson Wentz? <sighs> That's a tough one. I think, I think they're, if they were both on the board, I, I think I'd have to take Wentz just because I think he'll have a better year this year. Um, with the improved weapons, the O-line, which is really good. Uh, I'd have to take Wentz. But, again, in Dynasty, it's tough because who do you want 
forever, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you have him about QB eight. So that's uh, that is he's being what you said is fifteen on this one. It's thirteen, but that's there's definitely room to grow. And I actually, uh, maybe I would consider Josh well, Allen. ADP his ADP is fifteen. His rank is thirteen. So he's oh, okay, actually okay. just by his rank and ADP, he's being slightly underdrafted. Yeah, yeah. But I would definitely I would consider him over Baker and uh, and Burrow. Uh, I yeah I don't have. I think it's like an eye testing. The few games I saw him, I was like, this doesn't seem like the guy that everyone was making fun of in the NFL draft shows. Like, this guy looks like he's confident, competent, and he's got a great running game with Saquon. And I like Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, and Evan Ingram. He's got great weapons. Um, he got to sit a little bit, <clears throat> and Eli seemed like a good guy just to be in his ear for that first rookie, you know, rookie season. And, yeah, so I like him a lot. <clears throat> Sorry, got a frog here in the throat. What, uh, what's your number two? Excuse so me. my number two is uh, funny you mentioned this, Baker Mayfield. Uh, again, I, I'm not saying I'm putting him ahead of Daniel Jones because I'm not. I just, again, feel that he's being uh, underdrafted. Uh, for some reason, they have him ranked as the ninth overall quarterback. So maybe people are uh, starting to feel the way I feel. I just think that he is a talented quarterback. I think his weapons... He may have, from top to bottom, the best receiving core with tight ends and receivers and running backs in the NFL. Uh, his O-line, again, was absolute trash last year. Uh, they have Kevin Stefanski now, and he, I've heard you know he's going to run 12-man and everything, two tight ends, and I, I just think he's going to be more efficient. I think that the two running backs uh, in the backfield, and I believe they're going to find a way to use Kareem Hunt, uh, with in conjunction with Nick Chubb, so they'll both be on the field at the same time. So I don't think we're going to see Baker throwing, you know, 50-odd bombs down the field, but I think it's going to be more of a old-school Tom Brady, dink and dunk, uh, running backs out of the backfield with some solid, solid receivers. Strength yeah, of schedule is 26. Yeah, I'm seeing um, some, like, uh, recent trades from uh, Dynasty League Football's kind of recent trade compiling stuff, and and you can send a, a late second and a future third for Baker. And uh, that'd be, I'd do that. I would absolutely do that. Sure. Well, his, af after his rookie year, I think he was being drafted as like a, a top like seven quarterback. And then he had yeah. the bad year last year. So I, I just think all the stuff that we thought about him that we were excited about is still there. But now the team around him has improved. Yep. Yep. Um, all right, and number three. Number three, um, Russell Wilson. I know he's already being drafted pretty high as a quarterback, but he's ranked as the sixth overall quarterback. Again, he's another guy. Would it surprise you if you woke up at the end of 2020 and he was the number one fantasy quarterback? Um, his, his, he's the, the 60th overall player being drafted. They do have a really good schedule at 22 uh, for him. And, and I just think that he's always underdrafted. He's always, he always finishes better than his ADP. And, and I don't see that changing this year. As a matter of fact, I think he'll be better this year than he was last year. Can he beat out Mahomes and Jackson? That remains to be seen, but I think it, it, it's a possibility. Nice. Um, for me, uh, I, I have two guys that I just kind of view as safe. Uh, one more productive than the other. Um, in Jared Goff, 
Uh, I, I, I like where he's at as far as value goes, uh, 14th quarterback uh, or maybe 15th quarterback off the board. But will with McVay and the wide receivers, I like what they were doing with the tight ends. Uh, it just seems like he's – he really – he can't be – he'd have to be really bad to lose his job, and he's not really bad. He's not great, but you're not paying great, no, great prices for him. Uh, you get in production, and you get it pretty cheap. Another one is similar, except that the uh, I don't like the, <laughs> the offense or the front office, is Derek Carr. Uh, he, gets, he gets pooped on a lot. Uh, he's QB 31. I'm sorry. They're, he's not the 31st <laughs> quarterback. Yeah. I, I would take him uh, over Gardner Minshew. I would take him uh, over – I would take him over – not in a redraft, but I would take him over Breeze, Tom Brady. I would take him maybe even uh, – I probably wouldn't take him over Aaron Rodgers, but I hate Aaron Rodgers, so I'm a bear <laughs> fan. Uh, so it would make me want to at least. Um, but I would I would put him above all the older guys. <clears throat> I would probably, considering what I saw in Phil Rivers, I would definitely put him over Phil Rivers. I'd be tempted to put him over uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He has quiet, decent seasons. I think he's not good enough to take his team anywhere, but he's not bad enough to lose his job. And then we're in an NFL that highlights passing. So he's going to put up points. Uh, and then the last in, is I kind of alluded to, just basically any starting quarterback uh, in Dynasty that is behind Breeze and Brady, uh, I would put – I would say they're too low because I would put them ahead of them. Uh, you and Gardner Minshew, I would put ahead of those guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, so – I need to go on that. That's just basically an age thing. I think Breeze is great for this year. Uh, Tom Brady with those weapons in Tampa Bay should be fine this year too. But it's yep. just uh, it's a longevity thing more than anything. Two great guys to back up your 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 um, you know your, your Rams quarterback and and that that defense too is another one that's really uh kind of plummeted over the last few years. So I think Goff's going to be thrown a lot more than uh you know what he what he saw himself doing the previous years. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I know that you, uh, we both prepped tight ends, but people probably, you know, tight ends are the classic sleeper. There's so many <laughs> things out there about who's the next tight end that's going to pop off and, and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll save that for, for someone else, but, um, man, thank you so much, uh, Adam, for coming on. It's been really fun. And, uh, I feel like I'm going to re-listen to this and consider how do I get those, some offers out to, uh, Especially those running backs. Uh, Breda, I, I like that idea. Maybe uh, going fishing for him. So, um, yeah, we learned a lot. Thank you. Yeah, once we – hopefully once we watch preseason, um, I think s some of those guys, we may see them, as, especially Breed as, as a riser, when some other people that necessarily weren't 49ers fans get to see. Because, again, he's he was buried in, in, on, on a depth chart and still contributed, uh, you know, quite handily. So. Yeah, I remember two seasons ago, it seemed like he was the only one that could survive out there and, and handled himself well. So, um, yep. hopefully, if you're in a league with Adam, uh, he'll send this out to you after. Uh, <laughs> you'll find this podcast after uh, your redraft stuff all goes down and, and after he sends out a bunch of trades. Um, but if not, now you know who he likes and you can try and uh, – offer him up and see what you can get for him. So hopefully that stirs up some trades in your home league there, my friend. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Thank uh, you for having me. And
Have a great night. You too. Thanks. No real wrap up for me this time around. I this episode's gone long, long enough, and I got uh, a family birthday to celebrate and uh, spend some time with the family. So I'm just gonna cut it short tonight, and hope you all have a great Father's Day.